Welcome to Behind the Binge, the podcast where we bring forth much-needed conversations about binge eating recovery and ditching diet culture. I'm your host, Marissa Kaimilik, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and binge eating coach. This is our space to dive into practical tips to heal from binge eating, challenge your diet culture beliefs, discuss the nuances of intuitive eating, and empower you to recover. Let's start exploring what's behind the binge. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Binge. It's your host, Marissa. And today is a solo episode specifically speaking about my own experiences with binge eating and more specifically, what life is like after recovering from binge eating. Do I still binge? What happens when I feel urges to binge? Do I still get a ravenous appetite, feel insatiable at times, or is everything steady and my appetite is consistent and I have nothing to worry about. I mean, you can guess just probably based on the tone of my voice there that the latter is very much not the case. Yes, I do feel insatiable at times. My appetite very much does fluctuate and sometimes I feel that urge to binge kick in. So how do I navigate this and what does this mean? Does this mean that there is no binge freedom or does this just mean that we're human and our appetite will fluctuate based on our body's needs, which sometimes is an increase in appetite to the point of it feeling like an urge to binge. So the reason I decided to do an episode on this is because of my last week. (laughs) Last week, I was feeling like I just couldn't stop eating. I was feeling like I couldn't get fully satisfied physically or mentally. I felt like I kept thinking about the ice cream I had in my freezer or the chocolate that I was munching on throughout the week. And I was ignoring my body's signals like my heartburn or my stomach ache or my poor digestion that was telling me that I had had enough or that the foods I was eating was not actually serving me long-term. It was giving me some sort of instant gratification or it was meeting a a short-term need, but it wasn't serving me for the rest of the week or for the rest of the day. And I'm an intuitive eater. (laughs) I call myself an intuitive eater. I've recovered. And this may sound scary to some of those who are still struggling with binge eating, but I want to assure you that it is not about resolving any sort of feelings like this that gets you to binge freedom. No, It is about the toolbox that you are able to create and have by your side in the moments of uncertainty with your body. When your body is speaking louder than your mind and saying, eat, 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 and the mindfulness goes out the window, what tools do you have that you can tap into? And so those are the tools I'm going to share with you today. What tools did I tap into to not get swept into the the rip current of another binge, but rather to go with my body and work with the current rather than against it to find my way out of it and back to shore, back to my true my true trust with my body and meeting my body's needs naturally. So I want to speak specifically on an instance that happened at the end of last week. So it was nearing Friday and I was heading to the kitchen again to grab a snack. And I stopped dead in my tracks and thought, oh, here we go again. I keep going back to the cabinet, to the pantry. I work from home 
And I keep going back and snacking and snacking and snacking and feeling unsatisfied to the point of getting heartburn. That was that was the side effect that I was experiencing in these episodes of overeating. And I took a step back and I thought, what do I need? And truth be told, I needed food. I felt physically unsatisfied, but I was unsure why the ways in which I was eating was leaving me feeling this way. So I reflected on the past week and I had had multiple moments where I had just mindlessly gone through a bag of dried mango or munched on the trail mix that I'm obsessed with right now, but only searching for the chocolate pieces or the really salty pieces, the pieces that were the most tasty to me. They were the most emotionally satisfying, I guess. Like I I just desired them because they are sweet and salty. And I thought, okay, what was going on in these moments where I ate past a comfortable level of fullness and I just could not stop? Was this a binge? So that might be the first question that you're wondering right now. Were these episodes that I was experiencing a binge? Well, someone listening right now may assume that a binge is a very objective thing to measure. It's either you binge or you don't. But from my training and from my experiences with clients, it's really not that simple. And in my experiences with binge eating, I classify an actual binge as as a total loss of control. My body has completely taken over and I am eating without conscious reasoning, conscious awareness of what's happening before, during, or after. And it is met with subsequent guilt but more often shame, feeling as though I am bad or I am wrong for what I've just experienced. And what's happened for me in these moments, which this is not the first time that I've had these types of insatiable appetites kind of take over here, what happened was that I was conscious, even though I thought, you know, I've been mindlessly eating, I've been mindlessly going to the cabinet here. It wasn't mindless. I was aware of it. I was eating it because I knew that there was a need not being met. I just wasn't taking the time to reflect and think about what that need was. I was going with my instinct that I just needed food. I just need a little more food right now and I can eat a little bit more and then I'll find satisfaction. And it wasn't until later in the week that I realized, okay, I consistently am feeling like, oh, okay, I just need to get a little bit more in and still feeling unsatisfied. So what is actually going on here? 99% of the time, I'll have an increase in appetite and I'll think to myself, okay, I just need my more food. My body is needing more food for some reason that may be in or out of my control and whatever. I'll eat a little bit more and listening to that need, meeting that need by eating more generally does the trick. My appetite stabilizes. I'm no longer thinking about food or having cravings and I move on. But when there's a streak like this where I just can't seem to hit that level of satisfaction I need to just eat and move on. This is where I may come back to a moment of like true reflection. But throughout that whole thing, I am conscious of what's happening. I'm conscious that I'm getting increased cravings. I'm conscious that I'm eating more than I'd like. I'm conscious that I'm going back for seconds, even though I'm feeling physically stuffed, but my brain is still craving more food. And the reason why I don't see this particularly as a binge is for this reason exactly. I'm not shaming myself for it. And I know that I am in control in each moment to stop and move on and be able to figure out what is going on. And usually at my core, I already know what's going on. I'm just not looking at it, if you know what I mean. Like 
really deep down inside of us all, we have a strong intuition that knows exactly what our body needs, but we tend to ignore it, whether it's because we are just distracted by life and work and family, or we're deliberately ignoring it because we're afraid of what that might mean. But I I can generally tap into that intuition and be like, okay, it's a, an emotional need or a physical need, et cetera. And so subconsciously, I kind of had this feeling like, eh, I haven't really been in a consistent eating pattern. And I've been really prioritizing work over rest. And I am not eating meals that are well-rounded and satiating for me based on, you know, my my preferences and my body's needs, my body's physical needs. And so I knew all of this, but I was just allowing myself to go through the motions of last week, eat whenever I felt like I needed it. And it got to Friday and I was like, oh, I do not want to feel bloated, constipated, truth be told, and have heartburn again after going back to the cabinet for a third time after lunch. So instead, I grabbed a water. That is part of why <laughs> I was really disconnected with my body last week. Very dehydrated. I'm going to take a sip of water right now, actually. This is everyone's reminder to take a sip of water in this moment. I'm sure we could all use a little bit more hydration. I took my water, went back to my desk, and I thought, I need a plan. Because I had already kind of answered the question for myself. I had not been eating very consistently, but I was like, I need a plan to figure out how to work this into my day better meals. I'm talking about working meals into my day better so that I can find that true satisfying meal, get that true satiation, feel full so that I'm no longer distracted by food, running low on energy, and leaving myself feeling unsatisfied. So that all encompasses the work that I did in order to find binge freedom. It is not that simple, right? We don't just snap out of it and go, whoa, what am I doing? Oh, I'm not eating enough. And so therefore I need to like make myself a plan to eat enough. No, it takes a really intentional, it takes really intentional curiosity and compassion and trial and error over a long period of time to build this toolbox to where I can just in an instant snap into what it is that my body is doing and why I keep going back to the food. So I wanted to provide you some of these questions that I've built answers to or just the questions that have been built into my toolbox to reflect on what my body may be telling me in these moments of increased appetite or ravenous, insatiable hunger that is coming out of nowhere and that may feel familiar to a binge, but with the appropriate mindset and the appropriate tools, you will be able to get past with without binging or without it being truly the urge to binge, but rather a strong signal from your body of a need that is not being met. That's kind of how I reframe urge to binge nowadays. It's like, this is just a really strong signal from my body that, you know, I've probably clearly been ignoring and I'm going to deliberately intentionally tune in to get curious of what it's telling me. Whereas an urge to binge is that fire of you know, that fight, flight, or flee that really kicks in. Fight, flight, or flee. It's like a tongue twister. But yeah, that kicks in. It, there's no rational thought involved. There's no stillness or calmness or ability to be mindful. It's usually the cycle of urge to binge, resist the binge, binge, feel guilty about the binge, continue from there, shameful about the binge, etc. Whereas in these cases, it's like urge to continue consuming, awareness that it could be hunger or psychological or emotional, 
decision on what to do, reflection on if that was the right decision to do or the most helpful decision to do. I don't really think there are right and wrong decisions, but rather a choice and then a reflection of how that choice played out. Did it meet the need, et cetera? And then, you know, just further attunement to your body from there rather than just continuing to perpetuate the cycle with the shame that doesn't allow us to get curious. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of rambling now. So let's get to these questions that I was talking about. So one of the reasons my appetite or your appetite may increase if you are, I'm, I'm this whole episode is going to be coming from the lens of someone who in general has a stable appetite. These questions absolutely can apply if you are still in recovery, if you are still in the, the restrict binge cycle. However, there's probably going to be less variability in what could be contributing to this. And, you know, for example, if you're in the restrict binge cycle, we're likely going to assume that it is the restriction that is fueling the binging rather than, you know, maybe the emotional pull at that point, because we cannot meet our emotional needs if we're not meeting our physical needs. So if there is restriction happening, first and foremost, you have to address those physical needs. So I digress. These are some of the questions I would ask myself in my here and now binge free recovered self who still as a human being gets, you know, large fluctuations in their appetite sometimes and very much acts impulsively versus intuitively or trusting my body and attuned to my body sometimes, right? So under the category of physical needs, right? What physical needs are not being met that may have contributed to this increase in appetite and decrease in satiability, satiation ability? What is the word I'm looking for? Just like the ability to be satiated. My insane, what what else increased the insatiable nature of my appetite? Maybe that's the way to phrase it. So first physical consideration would be, am I eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently? As a human species, we know that for the most part, for the general population, we need consistent energy throughout the day in reliable time intervals to give our body the energy it needs to perform basic survival functions. So if you're listening, you likely are one of those humans who needs to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently. Yes, even if your body is not screaming at you that you're hungry, because there are subtle signs of hunger that we are not always in tune with. And sometimes if we ignore those subtle signs long enough, we will stop getting those signs altogether unless we are starving, unless we get the grumbling tummy or the hanger that smacks us in the face before we know it. So this question really was what answered everything for me right off the bat with my insatiable hunger last week. Am I eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently? No, I am not. So that it was the biggest you know, indicator for me that, oh, okay, I'm not meeting my body's needs. I'm not eating enough. I'm not slowing down. I'm not... There's so many factors that, that played a role into why I wasn't eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently. And I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to meet those needs and attune to my body and honor my body so that it didn't feel that it needed to only get its needs met by feeling an insatiable hunger and trying to keep us safe by over-consuming rather than knowing and trusting that the food will be there at the next meal interval. So am I eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently? That was the first physical question. Am I eating enough? So this is based on energy needs. And this is not something that an equation or calculation would tell you. It's simply about, for the most part, knowing what keeps me running, 
what feeds my body the energy it needs to sustain the activities that I do throughout the day. So this is usually for the the seasoned intuitive eater. We get an idea for what meets our body's needs. Am I eating enough? And truth be told, last week, no, not last week I wasn't eating enough. Though two weeks prior, that's what's so interesting about this is that it's not always what did I do right before this urge came up, right before this really strong appetite came to. It's about what was going on last week, the week before, the month before that has maybe built up to this point. And I recognized, yeah, for like the past two weeks, I haven't been eating consistently. For the last two weeks, because of that inconsistency, sometimes I've skipped meals. Sometimes I have completely undereaten because I've started to eat a meal and then I got pulled away for a meeting or a phone call or a client or something. And that's not fair to my body. And so, yeah, making sure that we're eating enough is key. And eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently will likely meet those needs. However, if you're feeling physically unsatisfied, you're not feeling full ever, or if you are continuing to think about food afterwards, if you are finding yourself eating less than your normal, you're likely not eating enough. And so now your body is swinging that appetite a little higher in order to make up for those lost needs. Next question, am I waiting too long between meals? This is something that may increase your appetite in the short term. In the long term, it would as well. You'd likely feel it more in the short term than you would have to wait in order to see that sort of result on your body or result on your appetite. But if you wait really long in between meals, whether intentionally or unintentionally, your body may feel like once you finally do have access to food, it is now or never, might as well get it all in while we can. Or if we've just ignored our hunger signals for too long, we know that if we get to a place of starving, we're more likely to jump to needing more food to satisfy those needs than if we were like at a comfortable level of hunger and then we were able to get to a comfortable level of fullness. So if you wait till you're one, you're likely to be to, to a 10. If you eat whenever you're a three or a four, you're likely to eat until you're a seven or an eight. Some other physical considerations that are less related to actual food consumption would be, have I increased my movement, right? Are we burning more energy? And then that kind of relates back to, am I eating enough, right? Am I eating enough in order to meet those new increased energy needs? And this was also something I considered. I started Cycle Bar and I started going more consistently and I probably was eating the same, if not less, because sometimes we find our appetite goes down before it starts to go up once we start moving our body again. I don't know why our body does this, but it does. And so I was like, oh, I, I think I need to be a bit more practical with how much I'm eating throughout the day rather than just trying to eat when I feel hungry. And this is a normal part of being an intuitive eater. Also, am I sleeping well? Decreasing sleep can increase our appetite because we need more energy from food since we're not getting it from our own sleep. We're not recharging our battery from sleep, so we're needing to overcompensate for that with the energy from food. Also, that can increase our stress, which could then lead to more of those emotional needs not being met, which we could seek in food as well. Also, am I sick? Our body has increased needs when we're sick, and it needs more, it needs more nutrition in order to use our immune system or heal something or to strengthen something, right? So maybe not in the moment of being sick, that can sometimes decrease our appetite, but then double whammy there, our body is needing more in order to recover and it's needing more maybe from the decreased intake that happened while you were sick. But no, I was not sick. Yes, I was sleeping well. 
And so those things were not something on my radar whenever I was um, feeling this increased appetite, but are definitely things that I consider whenever I feel this way. Last physical need that I particularly noted to share with you was, am I getting my period? There's limited research as to why we may feel an increased appetite when we are experiencing our, our menstruation, when we're on our period. But from what I know from my own body, when I am gearing up to get my period, I do have increased needs. If I ignore those needs, my period's late. It's very interesting. But if I listen to those needs, if I eat a little bit more, if I prioritize fat because that's helpful in hormone regulation, then my period comes on time. Weird, I know. And I cannot find research to really fully understand what is the physiology behind this, what is going on to where my body is feeling that drastic of a difference between when I eat enough and not eat enough to where it changes my menstrual cycle. But yeah, if I'm gearing up to get my period, that is a huge indicator. I'm probably going to have an increased appetite and I'm going to prioritize eating more. And that may be why I feel a bit more insatiable. So I'll intentionally make some efforts to increase what I'm eating at my meals or increase the caloric density of the meals in order to meet those needs proactively. And then I don't have to get so distracted by these increased needs. I do have an episode on why you may feel hungrier when you're on your period. And I'll link those on the show notes, on the show notes, in the show notes. So like I said, somewhat at the beginning, if we are not meeting our physical body's needs, we can't really address our emotional needs. Just like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we are going to prioritize our energy and our efforts just naturally in our psyche towards making sure that we are safe and we have enough of whatever it is that we need in order to survive before we can think about what is going to make us happy in life. How are we going to feel the most fulfilled? What can we do to cope with our stress or address a feud that we're having with a friend right now, right? Like that's the least of our worries when our body is seeking safety and security needs in its own home, right? In order to survive. So I usually think about the physical needs before I even look at the emotional needs because of this exact reason. However, if I'm like, yes, I'm eating enough, I'm eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner consistently, I'm all of the things. Or, you know, I'm aware of them and I'm working on them. Could it be kind of a combination of a couple things? Then I'll move forward to thinking about, all right, what is my emotional state right now? First and foremost, am I addressing or acknowledging my emotional needs? Am I putting my head in my computer during the day, going to bed at night, watching my Netflix show, going to bed, disconnecting? Or am I thinking, how am I feeling right now? <laughs> am I stressed? Is something bubbling up on the inside? Am I ignoring something that is coming to the forefront of my mind and I'm just putting it off for later? Because that will bubble over and I may be seeking comfort in food or trying to decrease my stress with food because it does have that effect on us. And that's totally okay. There are emotional needs that food absolutely can meet and is okay to use to meet those needs. However, if we're not addressing or acknowledging the emotions, we're not even aware of the ways in which food may be a help in this moment. We're not able to fully reap the benefits of the emotional relief the food could provide because we're not aware that it's happening, right? So addressing the emotions is definitely something that I would first and foremost look into before you even go into these remaining questions, because we just have, you have to be able to identify and acknowledge what's going on before you figure out why or what from, or what steps you could take 
to move past it. Second one is kind of going off what I just said. Am I disconnecting from work? I do have a tendency as an entrepreneur, someone who runs a business and has clients to put that first and foremost. But truth be told, if I don't put myself first, I can't prioritize those things. I can't give my best self to my clients, to my team, to my business, to the programs that I am creating. And so if I am not disconnecting from my work, then I am disconnecting from myself. And that's not okay. So if I'm finding myself just in an ongoing work mode, no breaks, no lunch break, no just working my head off, then where can I find a break? Where can I take a step back? Where can I get outside or just stretch or have lunch at my dinner table? Lunch at my dinner table. I know working from home is so weird, but not have lunch at my desk so that I can I can pull myself out, refresh and get back into it once I've been able to come back into me for a second, right? Then I can actually probably eat more mindfully, be more connected to my hunger and fullness, meet those needs without eating out of my sandwich and then getting pulled into a meeting because I didn't block out even 15 minutes to eat lunch today. I'm saying this as I'm like, wait, did I block off time for lunch? Oh, I did. I did. I put it in my agenda today after my coaching call at noon. I am taking a 15-minute break. It's not long, but it's enough. 15 minute break to go eat leftovers. That's why it's enough because I'm just microwaving leftovers. But to eat my leftovers out with my dog on my front porch because it's a nice day. I'm putting that out there right now. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Anyway, so I must disconnect from work. And the reason why I know getting disconnected from work is beneficial to meeting my body's needs is because of the attunement and the trial and error and the curiosity that I cultivated for years of being an intuitive eater. So give yourself time to really figure out what your body's needs are and what the patterns are when you notice things like an increased appetite or a decreased appetite, right? So I can usually quickly discover, oh, mm, I'm not disconnecting from work and that plays a role in not eating enough, not eating enough breakfast, lunch, and dinner or increasing my stress and therefore I'm using food to deal with that, et cetera, et cetera, without having to like fully full-fledged reflect back and think about it and journal about it, et cetera. Like right now, I can just kind of come to that realization because I've built and strengthened that toolbox over the years. Two more questions that I had written down to share with you regarding the like psychological or emotional needs here. So for myself, I may ask myself, am I managing my ADHD? For you, you may ask the same, or you may say, am I managing my anxiety, my depression, my OCD, et cetera? Am I utilizing those tools in that toolbox in order to set myself up to work with my body, to work with my mental health and meet my body's overall mental and emotional psychological needs? As you can probably guess, disconnecting from work not eating enough, not eating consistently, waiting too long between meals, all of those things play a role in the ways in which I manage my ADHD. When I am getting bored with the strategies that I use, when I am over my planner, when I'm not making time to wake up in the morning in order to plan my day out, setting my timers because I have to set timers in order to set boundaries. When I'm not doing all of those things, it's when I tend to not prioritize my body's needs, not to prioritize myself at all. So prioritizing managing my ADHD symptoms and the tools in which that I've gained through working with that diagnosis for many years now is key in order to honestly prioritize my overall well-being and self and, and meet my physical needs. So this is kind of one of the ways in which the emotional needs may be playing a role in the physical needs and we may not directly work through the hierarchy the ways in which 
we've described or the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is described, but you know, they are very much interconnected and managing my ADHD impacts meeting my physical safety and security needs. So yeah, that is kind of the umbrella here of why maybe some of those other needs weren't being met that increased my appetite. Last question that I wanted to share, of course, there's so many more than this, but last question was, am I distracted or disconnected while eating? Plays a role in many of these different factors, but even if I am eating consistently, eating enough, managing my ADHD, et cetera, if I'm distracted while I'm eating, even if it's watching a fun show and I'm doing that all of the time, I may be missing signals from my body that I am full or I'm not enjoying the meal that I'm eating. I'm not satisfied with it or that I'm not even fully hungry or that I'm too hungry, etc. So trying to pull myself into my body as often as possible, even when I do want to have fun and watch TV while I'm eating, this is incredibly helpful and just sort of realigning with the attunement to my own body. So to recap, ask yourself physical questions like, am I eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Am I eating enough? Am I waiting too long between meals? Have I increased my movement? Am I sleeping well? Am I sick? Am I getting my period? Or are there any other hormonal shifts that I may be experiencing, et cetera? Or, and, and, or (laughs) ask yourself what emotional needs may not be met in this moment, such as, am I addressing my emotions? Am I disconnecting from work or other life stressors? Am I managing my fill in the blank here, ADHD, mental health in general, et cetera? Am I distracted or disconnected while eating? So on and so forth. These are some of the main questions or tools in my toolbox that I may address whenever I see a drastic fluctuation in my appetite that leaves me feeling insatiable. However, these questions may not apply to you. They may apply to you, but there may be others that are more strong considerations for you than some of the ones that I named as my strong considerations. This is why building trust and attunement to your body is key in overcoming binge eating for good. It's not about following one specific method or doing one thing. There's really no right and wrong. It's about continual compassion and curiosity to strengthen and build that attunement and trust within your own body so you can go with the ebbs and flows of life, which include ebbs and flows in your appetite and your body's needs. Now, how much I need right now is going to probably change drastically in 10 years. Or if I decide to have a family and I am lucky enough to get pregnant, or if I am traveling, if I am, if I get an injury and I can't be physically active anymore, etc. And so always being open and willing to listen to your body and trust those signals and really get curious about what it's telling you is key to make, make the biggest difference between something like this spiraling into a binge episode versus something like this just being a really strong signal from your body that there's something that we're not getting here. There's some need that's not being met. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that this was helpful for you on your journey. All in all, even if you do find this spiral into a binge, there is nothing wrong with that. The biggest barrier to overcoming binge eating or even managing, mitigating binges is shame. So if we hold ourselves to a standard where it is pass or fail, I mean, it leaves no grace for being human. Maybe you would consider what happened with me last week a binge. I mean, I was telling you that I was very disconnected from my body. Things were mindless. Although I was aware of what was happening, sometimes I did feel driven by a motor and I was just like, ah, F it. You know, I'm just going to eat. And like, I know that this is going to leave me feeling miserable, but like, 
This is what I want right now. And yeah, some of you listening might be like, Marissa, that sounds like a binge. But to me personally, I it, it feels drastically different than the binges I experienced seven years ago. And I am able to take it as just a signal for my body, meet my body's needs the best that I can in each moment based on my capacity at the time and move on. So make this about you, right? Come back to trusting your body. Do trial and error, get curious, and make your own toolbox. This is everything that I preach inside of my own group coaching program. Although I give you step-by-step guide to overcome binge eating, I am guiding you through something that you are absorbing, you are using to figure out, does this work? Does that work? What feels right for me? What is helping me to strengthen my foundation again to meet my body's needs? And over time, you will find those answers. So you'll use a little bit of structure at the beginning, a lot of curiosity, a lot of trial and error, and then you will have your your playbook. Thanks y'all for listening. If you liked it, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would super appreciate it. And don't forget to head over and follow me on Instagram at binge.nutritionist or behind.the.binge, especially for all of the podcast things to stay up to date on what we're chatting about, who we're having on and what's to come. And yeah, I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.